You're listening to episode 46 of the Broken Glass Podcast, Amplifying Women's Stories with Angela Sclafani and Macy Schmidt. You're listening to the Broken Glass Podcast, a podcast with a mission to highlight women in the music industry through their stories, from their successes to their trials and tribulations. We'll share tools and resources available to you to make your music dream job come to life or to start that business you've always wanted to own. But most of all, you'll be a part of the Broken Glass community where we support and encourage each other and open the doors to working in music. I'm your host, Christy Jacobson, entrepreneur, music lover, wonderluster, and dreamer. Welcome to the show. This podcast is sponsored by The Contract Shop. The Contract Shop provides contract templates and all the legal documents you need to run your business. And best of all, it's designed with a creative entrepreneur in mind. When I needed to update my website's privacy policy in terms and conditions to be in compliance with not just the EU's General Data Protection Regulation Policy, otherwise known as GDPR, but with the new California Consumer Privacy Act, CCPA, the contract shop was there for me. These contracts are not only attorney-prepared, but are also peer-reviewed, so you can feel safe knowing it's not just some form that I threw together. There are templates for all kinds of creative printer needs, so head on over to brokenglassmediallc.com slash thecontractshop to learn more. Welcome back to the Broken Glass podcast. Today I have with me, I have Angela and Macy. Um, Angela is a singer-songwriter, and Macy is a freelance Broadway musician. Uh, she's kind of a jack-of-all-trades, and she's also Angela's music supervisor. So welcome to the podcast, Angela and Macy. Thank you. Hi. So good to talk to you today. Yeah, it's great to have you both here. Um, This is our first podcast with more than one guest, so I'm really excited. Um, So let's just kind of dive right in. So kind of tell me a little bit about each of yourselves and what you're doing now, and then we'll we'll go back about how you got into music and how you met. Um, Well, I am a singer-songwriter, but I also am composer and performer in theater. So I go back and forth between music and theater. Um, And I basically, right now, I'm working on this uh, song cycle called Passion Project that also sits in between music and theater. Um, And I'll let let Macy introduce herself now. (laughs) Um, Sure. Um, I am for a couple of different music paths in the theater scene. Um, I'm a music director, orchestrator, copyist. Um, at the time of the Broadway shutdowns, I was working on the music team for the Broadway production of the Tina Turner musical. Um, yeah, I've been working in the Broadway industry for a couple of years now um, and do a little bit of work in pop, of course, um, with the way Angela's project kind of crosses over, but most of my work up until now has been mostly in theater. Yeah, that's such a, a cool um, area. I grew up in New Jersey, so I, I, you know, I would always go into Broadway, you know, to New York to go to Broadway and to see shows. So it's it's always awesome. really interesting to me, and it's it's a part of the music industry, but it's not, um, you know, when when people think music industry, they don't automatically think of it. But you know, there are a lot of industry jobs at Broadway. So I'm I'm really excited to have you both here to talk about, you know, theater and, and, and music and how that all really intertwines. Um, so yeah, let's just go back a little bit. Like, how did you both get into music, uh, into Broadway, and, and really start your, your careers? 
Well, I grew up in Staten Island, so I also similarly grew up coming into the city for theater. Um, I have always been a singer, and that drew me into theater as well. I started songwriting at like nine years old, um, so it's always been a really big part of my life. And I studied theater at NYU um, as an actor, but I really jumped around um, throughout. They have different acting studios where you could also create your own work. And um, coming out into the industry, I found that the auditioning scene was really not a great fit for me um, mentally. And I started writing things for myself and for other people and really just continued to go back and forth between writing for theater and writing for music, um, for my own music. And it's been really fun to be able to jump from one to the other um, because they offer really different things, but um, I think that I'm able to find a way to balance the two and, and I'm still learning what that means as well and, and whether there can be sort of a middle ground that encompasses both. Right. And uh, um, Macy, how did you get into into music and theater? Um, well, I grew up in Texas. Um, wasn't really surrounded by the arts growing up. Um, I feel like a story I hear from many of my colleagues here is, you know, started taking piano lessons at four years old. And that's just kind of like always been a part of their story. And I, I came to it a lot later. Um, I was around 16 when I started playing. Um, I had just a really incredible choir teacher in high school who really, really inspired me to dive into music, into music theory, and I became kind of obsessive about it, became obsessive about like learning to sight read and all those things. And um, I still have trouble pinpointing kind of where theater came from in that. Like I, you know, didn't really grow up going to tons of shows. Like my parents weren't theater people. There was not really an influence that made that obvious, but I just listened to cast albums all the time and it was just um it was just a thing that was always kind of captivating and magical to me and I think I was drawn to it pretty organically um and I went to college to study music theory and even my first year in like a classical music conservatory style environment I only wanted to hang out with the theater kids and only wanted to music direct in the theater program and kind of just got sucked in there and then um shortly thereafter came to New York and started seeking out music supervisors to mentor under and the rest kind of went from there. Yeah, that's a really cool story for both of you. Um, you know, it's, it's always interesting the different paths we take to, to get to where we are. Um, you know, for me, I always played music. You know, I was in band and, you know, marching band and, and that and never really thought of music as a career until I went to college and found out there's a music business program. So mm -hmm. it's always really interesting kind of how we come across our, our different paths. So how did you two meet then? Um, did you meet in New York or, or how did that, that meeting come about? Yeah, we met in New York. Actually, a mutual collaborator and friend introduced us. Um, I had been working on another musical with a director, theater director named Hunter Bird. And I was looking to get a female orchestrator for my um, passion project song cycle because um, it's about women and I, I really wanted an all music female, um, all female music team, because, you know, a lot of the music teams on Broadway will be saturated with men. Um, especially I, I find like orchestrators, there aren't that many women that have that visibility. 
and he was working on another project and Macy was on that project um, on the music team. And so he introduced us and we really clicked. Um, I told Macy about the project. We went to, to lunch and we could tell right away that there was um, a mutual agreement in, in, in what our mission was and, and what kind of theater we wanted to make and, and that we wanted to highlight women and amplify women in more ways than one in the storytelling, but also in who is telling the story. Right. And I, your project sounds really cool. So it's called Passion Project Love Songs from Women to Their Work. Um, so tell me, tell me a little bit more about, about this project and, and what it really involves. So the project came about, um, I would say probably because of my acting and, and auditioning um, and, and getting sent these songs for women that were just lackluster in, in terms of the stories they were trying to tell. I, I got really bored of singing about men. Um, and I feel like songs in the music industry too, a lot of it is about romantic love. And I really was influenced by this as a kid. And so I think I focused on romantic love being, you know, the ultimate goal in life, because that's what every song was telling me, um, you know, lit up a person was, was love from a partner. Um, and I really wanted to challenge that notion and sort of flip it on its head. So these are love songs from women that we have not really heard about but have made some significant contributions um, in, in their fields. And it's about love for one's own creativity. So it's love songs from a woman to the airplane she built or the mountain she climbed. Um, so it, it's been really fun to sort of challenge the love song um, definition, I would say. Yeah, that's really a cool idea idea um just kind of flipping things on their head um you know i love to hear about that where it's you know you don't really i, I don't know if it's the right way to say it, but just kind of follow the status quo like you're you're really being really super creative with it and and finding ways um to show that women are more than just you know we're more we're, we do all these really cool things and and we've got all these projects that we've done but sometimes we we don't go they don't go noticed. Um, so I think that's really awesome that you're, you're doing that. And is this, is this a project that's going to go eventually on, on stage or, or what's, what's the ultimate goal with it? Um, well, we did have a concert in September um, and we are planning to record it, um, to record an album, which we've talked about. And I think Macy can talk a little bit about this too, the, the different sounds maybe we want to achieve um, through the, the medium of recording um, and how we want to change, you know, how we orchestrate it. Yeah, um, I mean, one of my favorite things about this project is, um, and to some maybe one of the more confusing things about this project is that it doesn't really feel completely theater, but I don't know that it um, necessarily feels completely, quote, commercial pop in the way that that phrase maybe connotates to us today. Um, you know, I feel like it's, like I work on a lot of pop rock, so to say, musicals within theater, like Tina Turner musical is an example. And the task there is kind of like, how do we take this pop rock music and like fit it into our theater box? 
and I feel like that's not at all what this project is doing. It's it's a pop sound, but the dramatic storytelling of it is a little bit different than maybe like the lyrical landscape you would find in a lot of commercial pop. And so it's interesting because like on, you know, I guess on some level it doesn't fit in either box, but on another level it's like for people who are really ingrained in the theater world, it's something they haven't really heard before. And for people who are really ingrained in the pop world, it like has an element of dramatic storytelling that I think a lot of the music in that world right now doesn't necessarily incorporate as much. Um, so yeah, I'm really excited to see what we can do with the sound of the album. Um, every song in volume one of the project has a really distinct genre. Um, I think in the concert version with the way we orchestrated that, we really played on that in the kind of theatrical dramatic sense. But um, I'm really excited to see how we can um, kind of bring that more into a pop sound in the album, but still keep the storytelling element. Yeah, and that's interesting that you're, you're kind of blurring those lines between the dramatic storytelling and then the commercial pop as well. Um, and I'm just kind of curious, like, how, you know, how that really kind of works. And then, um, you know, the, the audience, too what's what's that kind of like to to bring that audience in you know are you when you're you're you know selling tickets or so, you know going to eventually market the album how do you kind of focus your audience you know your your target audience the people that you're going to be marketing that to yeah it's interesting because it allows us to reach out to both worlds and and, a, and bigger worlds in terms of um, people that just love women and history, um, people that love theater, people that love music. We really can dive into those different things, especially with the different industries that the women themselves are involved in. Um, you know, we have women that are field medal winners in mathematics, um, you know, and women that come from, you know, all different parts of the world. So I feel like we can focus in on different elements to attract, you know, different portions of audiences. But it, it is, in a way, I think, like, people don't exactly know what to expect when they listen. Um, I think that actually a, a couple people told me, like, oh, I thought it might be a little bit cheesy when I heard the idea of it. But you know, the execution, it, it, it all made sense once I was able to hear it and see it, um, which is fun because I think that in the music industry, sometimes people that dive a little bit deeper into the storytelling, um, I don't know, there's something about it that people don't want to really connect to as much. And I, I sort of want to break that down and go back to, um, you know, times like Joni Mitchell was so rich in her storytelling. And I feel like we can really get back to that. So, um, yeah. Yeah, I love that. Because I, I really love, um, I, I guess I'm kind of the opposite of some people. I really love when an artist puts together an album and it's like a concept, right? Like it's a story woven throughout instead of just songs kind of, you know, oh, this is going to be hit. This might be a hit thrown in. Um, the, the whole storytelling and when you can when you don't skip songs, right? When you have to listen to it from start to finish, I absolutely love that. And I think, you know, it gets my mind working. Um, so this concept is really cool and I love history too. So um, <laughs> I would be really excited to hear when the, the recording comes out for sure. Um, you know, learning about, you know, women and the, the things that we've achieved 
um, for, for a very short time, I had a history podcast where I would research, um, you know, different parts of world history, but I, there was a couple episodes I focused on women and it was so cool to, to learn their stories and to learn, you know, the things they did. I, I talked about Katherine Johnson, who was at NASA during, you know, okay. the moon launch and it's just, it's all that storytelling. It's, it's just, it's really cool. And it kind of takes you out of that monotony, right? So I'm, I'm definitely excited to hear your project for sure. I totally agree. I love concept albums. I've been talking about this a lot to Macy, how um, for a long time I've wanted to, to do a, a concept album that like from the get go, I would, you know, want it to be a recording, you know, the, I think that this project started out as something that was going to be on stage and, and live. Um, but now that we are in quarantine, you know, this idea of, as a, as a person that writes for storytelling and for theater, as well as for music, you know, what does that look like in a concept album world? Because we're not going to get to be on the stage for a bit. So I, I've been really like thinking that over because I think that there might be an, um, you know, a middle ground that's not quite music concept album, but not quite theater song cycle that sort of lands in the middle that's meant to be listened to, but followed as a story. So um, I don't know, I'm interested to, to explore that. And, and I've been doing a bit of research, but there aren't that many artists that dive into um, a story that way. So I'm and I mean, maybe you have some recommendations because I'm really interested in exploring that um, that idea. Yeah, I'm just I'm just trying to think. Um, there was one um, album that came out. Oh, was it early 2000s? I can't remember the exact year. Maybe 2007 or 2008. Um, it was a, a band called the Early November, and they did. It was a triple disc, actually. Oh wow! <laughs> so it was it was pretty cool. It was um, yes, yeah, it was one was just all music, but it all still wove through the story. Um, and then the other, if I remember correctly, was um, or maybe two, it was two were music, and then one was more of the story and kind of you know, you'd have a voice talking and then it would go into a song and a voice talking and it would go into a song. So it was pretty cool. And then I know, um, I think is it Coheed and Cambria? They're a rock band and I think they do something similar. Um, they do yeah, like so concept cool. albums. Yeah. Um, there's a couple more, but I can't, I'm, I'm blanking on, on which ones, but um, yeah, I just remember the early November one was the first one that I'd ever really heard in that kind of concepts and I think at that time it kind of took me like back a little bit because I'm used to them they were went through the whole like um you know pop punk pop emo mm -hmm. kind of phase and then this kind yeah. of was something very different for them um and it kind of took me back but at the same time it was like this is really kind of cool and I didn't know that people would do things like that so um but yeah, that, that's one to maybe kind of just kind of look at and see what they did with their storytelling through that. Um, but yeah, and, and I think, you know, kind of dipping, dipping our toes a little bit into what's going on right now with COVID-19 and, and quarantine, because you're both in New York, right? Yeah. Yes. Yeah. And it, you know, with, with, you know, I mean, your city is essentially pretty much shut down. I know Los Angeles, we're just finally starting to do a very, very soft reopening here. Um, 
but it's been really cool to kind of see the creativity that's come out of it, you know, as hard as it's been and, you know, as, as sad as, you know, the stories have been that have come out of it. It's, it's been interesting to watch our community, our creative community shift and, and pivot. And then like you were saying, like really think about your projects and how, how can they be made to not necessarily be on stage where there's a, a large public gathering, but how can you, you know, still bring that project and still have it, you know, fully, you know, fully done. Right. And, and find ways to, to bring it. And um, I don't know if there's any, you know, there are other ways you've kind of you know, thought about different things during this time or really kind of pivoted, but um, yeah, it's just, it's been interesting to just watch the industry. Yeah. I mean, with this project too, something we've always talked about is that, you know, I don't think either of us ever pictured this as like, an off-Broadway stage production. We always pictured this as something people listen to. And a hope that I have for, you know, the sound of this album is, you know, I want people who necessarily don't, don't necessarily consider themselves, quote, theater people, to be able to, like, listen to this the way they listen to music, and mm-hmm. it still, you know, um, have that resonance and affect them. So in some ways, I guess I, I feel kind of lucky that with this project, um, it being an, an audio-based medium, um, kind of works with the project and um, leaves a lot of possibilities for how to explore how we move forward with it in this time. Right. Yeah. And it's, um, it, it's, I'm just, I'm really excited to listen to it. Um, <laughs> um, so, you know, with, with, with kind of everything's going on, I mean, ha- has your focus really shifted to more working on this project entirely or, um, have have you been, you know, doing other work? Because, you know, Broadway's been shut down for, what was it, like, almost two months now? Yeah, um, March 12th. <laughs> yeah, okay. So, yeah, two months in, like, a couple days. Um, mm-hmm. Yeah, and I'm, I'm just, like, curious, like, you know, are you still, you know, working on other projects for, for Broadway? Or has that been kind of put on pause until we know when we can have large gatherings again? Um, for me, it's been mostly put on pause. I mean, there have been some little things like Tina has done some little like social media, like let's all find people to track remotely and everyone sing a compilation Mm -hmm. of simply the best, you know, things along those lines. I think a lot of shows are trying to make sure that they're putting out a representation of their shows and their companies. But as far as like the actual work, um, at least for my position, it feels pretty on pause, which is pretty scary. Yeah. I think for, for me as a, a writer, even though I, I can continue to develop, you know, working on the music and, and the stories of the different projects that I've been writing, I have found that I want to reevaluate what I'm working on because certain stories don't feel as relevant anymore and, or at least are not the stories that I think I want to tell right now. I think there, there has been a big shift. And um, I think it's definitely going to reflect what audiences want to hear and listen to. And I mean, I personally was really inspired by some of the artists that have put out work, um, maybe against their studio's um, approval, because they want to give people something to listen to. And one in particular, Fiona Apple's album, she's one of my favorite artists of all time um, that, you know, coincidentally was about 
isolation and self-reflection, self-growth and overcoming, um, you know, through sort of going back over your life. Um, when that was released, people were so connected with it and it was like viral in a way, you know, to watch it on Twitter and, and everything really inspired me to think about what kind of challenges people are facing and, and what music could help that. And I, I think that personally, I'm facing a lot of time, you know, alone with myself. And so I am thinking about, you know, what I want to write. And so I have changed course because of the pandemic and I'm still figuring out what that means. And I, I still am working on certain projects. Like I think Passion Project is, I mean, and, and we've even, you know, written some of Passion Project now to fit with, with the time and to fit with what's going on. Um, so I think that even though my, I didn't necessarily have any projects that were set to, to go up. Um, you know, I, I had a couple of concerts canceled and whatnot. I, I still am, am changing course. Right. Yeah. And, you know, you, you made a good point about, um, you know, people, you know, people really want to listen to the music right now. And that's what they're, you know, it's, it's when you're at home, it's, you know, you, you've got what the, the television, you've got books, and then you've got music. Mm -hmm. Right. And I think it's really important and, you know, there's a lot of people who I understand why they, they paused projects or they, you know, said, I'm not going to release right now. And, and maybe it didn't fit with, with what's going on. And, you know, the, the topics of the songs, maybe, you know, something that people wouldn't want to hear right now, but, you know, with the, the Fiona Apple project, you know, that's perfect timing. Right. And it's, um, I think that's kind of the things that people need right now is they really, you know, they really want to hear from, from the artists that they admire and, you know, see you know the thing with social media too is they want to see what's what's going on right and how they're handling it and um yeah i just you know for me it's been i just want to listen to whatever's going to keep my spirits up and and make me feel not alone and i think that's the same for a lot of people right now yeah. um yeah so i want to kind of i guess shift gears a little bit you know we talked a little bit about your your project women um you know and their work um the, the topic of, you know, the podcast, we, we highlight women in music, um, their stories, how they got to where they are. We also talk about the, the struggles that we've had in the industry, um, you know, and if, if we've come across any resistance. So have either of you, you know, come across any resistance as, you know, musicians, as, you know, music supervisors and, and the different roles that you've, you've held in you know, the industry and in Broadway? And if you did, how did you overcome that? Well, um, I would say that I have come across obstacles from being a woman in my field, but at the same time, I would say that those obstacles kind of pale in comparison to the stories I hear from um, women in my field who are older than me, who talk about, you know, what it may have been like if I was trying to do the same thing 20 years ago. Um, so in that regard, it's kind of um, encouraging to know that so much has changed. Um, on another level, I think that like, my perception of this is that like the stories I hear from female mentors of the way sexism in the industry used to be come across as very overt, like very overt sexual harassment or very overt, like, um, you know, all of those, like, I mean, obviously it's still happening now, obviously me too and, um, and everything, but in my personal experience, I feel like it's been kind of like 
this micro, like, I would say I experience micro sexism constantly, where it's like, not the sort of thing that like makes your jaw drop and makes you be like, oh, wow, I can't believe that happened. But like, but it makes it harder to do your work and to try to, um, and to try to keep moving up in your field. Um, I think that when I first moved to New York, <laughs> um, there was a, there's a TV show that's like my favorite show. It's my favorite thing that's been made ever. Um, and that's the show Smash. It was on NBC, like, I guess now, like 10 years ago. <laughs> yes. and it's, yeah, I remember it. Yeah. I love Smash with all my heart. Um, it's the story of, um, you know, a Broadway musical on its journey to be mounted on Broadway and all of the players involved in that. And there's, a, you know, a lot of sexism plot lines in that show of, you know, a director being like, very, very blatantly trading sex for roles. And I remember watching that and being like, that must be dramatized for TV. And very quickly got to New York and within a couple weeks of being New York in New York, had similar experiences and was like absolutely floored that that is something that happens in real life. And that clearly happens often enough that within a couple of weeks of being here, I would experience something like that. Um, so yes, I, I definitely think that is, yes, I think that is very real. <laughs> I could talk for hours about this, but I'll, I'll say, I think that's very real. Yeah. As a, when, when I started switching over into, um, composer land and, and writing, producing my own projects, I was really shocked at how people, you know, didn't really expect me to be the writer. You know, I would walk in and talk to them and, and they'd say, okay, well, like, who's the writer? And I, <laughs> and I'd say, oh, it's me. And um, I, I don't know, I think part of it has to do with maybe how I'm, and this is also me, like something that I am constantly battling you know, this idea of how do people perceive me? Um, because, you know, I'm a woman, but I'm also like five one. Um, and like, like, you know, I, I'm, I'm really petite. And so I, I've been, you know, my whole life trying to show that I can be strong and that I can be powerful and that I don't, that I'm not going to let, you know, any man like put me down. Um, but I would see a difference in the way that certain people would treat me versus the way they would treat um, maybe a, a collaborator of mine on the project who was a man. And, and I mean, there were times where I straight up was like, can you please be the person that talks to this, um, you know, whatever organizer or, or the person that runs this part of the house because I just don't feel like they respect me. Um, and it's hard because, you know, sometimes I don't know if it's me being overly protective of myself or it, but regardless, I, I do see a difference in the automatic respect that men get walking into the room versus mm. as, as a woman having to prove it. Um, yeah. Constantly having to, to prove that you deserve to be there and that you can run the room and that you can handle that sort of title. Yeah, I've, that. <laughs> I've heard that a lot in the last couple of weeks where it's, it's been, you know, it's not like completely, you know, like, like you were saying, Macy, jaw dropping, like, I can't believe they just said that, but it's been more of that, like, okay, well, who's in charge? Who's, mm. who's the lawyer? Who's the, you know, and you're kind of like, well, well, that's me, <laughs> you know? <laughs> um, yeah. And, and it's, it's really, you know, and I think it, 
a lot of women in the industry, you know, no matter what area you are, you kind of get that imposter syndrome, right? Where it's like, you know, you start to not feel like, okay, maybe I'm not enough. Maybe this, you know, isn't for me and, and all of that. And it's really kind of overcoming that and having the confidence to say, no, I'm the artist, I'm the writer, I'm the lawyer, I'm, I'm the manager. And just really, you know, you know, at least, you know, in that mindset, right? Like, you know, just kind of, kind of powering through that and then just being super confident. Um, but it is hard. Um, I've been very lucky in my career where I've had a lot of um, really great male supporters, um, mm. you know, who really, you know, helped me um, get to where I am and then help me connect with other women in the industry too. Um, mm. And I think that's so important is to have your, you know, your group of women who support each other. Um, and there's a lot of different groups out there. I don't know if, if there's anything really for, for, for Broadway or in New York, but, you know, out here, you know, I work in the music products industry and we have a group of women um, called SWIM, um, Smart Women in Music. And then, you know, there's different groups, I know, across like Women in Music. Um, what's the other one? I think uh, it's called Sound Girls. Um, yeah. But just really these groups where you can support each other and lift each other up and collaborate with each other. And I, you know, I think that's great though, what you're doing with your project too, is where you're, you know, you were looking for other women to work on the project. Yeah. Um, and actually there is a group that I would love to plug that is, that is kind of that for female musicians in theater and is where I have found and got connected to a lot of the women that we've hired to work on passion project, but it's an organization called Maestra. Um, it was founded by, Georgia Stitt, who's a composer lyricist in the theater community, um, designed to increase visibility for um, female musicians playing in orchestra pits on Broadway and female composers and just kind of women who make the music on Broadway. And there's a directory um, where you can, that's free, where you can kind of list yourself and your instruments and your skills and what you do. And um, I found and originally got connected to a lot of the women that we hired for the Passion Project Band, we had an eight-piece all-female band at the concert last year through this organization. They have like monthly meetings that I go to and it's really been a, it's made a huge difference in the support that I feel as a woman in music in this industry. And I think that my experience coming up in this industry would look very, very different had I showed up five to 10 years earlier and this organization not been around. So you're absolutely right. <laughs> yeah, I'm just looking at it now. That looks really awesome. Like they, it is, it is mission, wonderful. I can't and, recommend yeah. it. Yeah, I it's will also, definitely add that to the show notes. Um, you, you have another one, Angela? Yeah, um, I am involved with actually two organizations that focus on mentorship um, in in theater and in the workplace in general and um, Statera Arts and um, Sekhmet Sisterhood both focus on women mentoring other women. And I've, I've heard that a lot of women are thinking about this actually because it's in certain industries, it's about getting experience and people hold the knowledge and then they hold the power. And, mm. you know, I think that sometimes if, if it's a woman trying to, um, be be an apprentice for a man or, or you know, in that power dynamic, it, there's a lot of room for um, people, for that woman to be taken advantage of. And so I think people are 
trying to have women that ha women that have gained you know this position that can now mentor younger women so that there isn't that power dynamic that so often can go sour in any industry so um those are really great organizations as well and um and and it, and it just makes you feel supported and and i think that i agree with macy to be a composer now versus to be a composer 10 years ago is such a different picture as a woman yeah definitely and you know like i said i've been very lucky that I, i've not really experienced a lot of that but just to have that you know when i joined swim just to have that connection with with women and with mentors and mm. um you know to know that you know there's there's still a path forward for me because you know some of the women that i i, I job shadowed were you know one was the cfo and you know one you know they're they're just you know higher up in in these roles and to see that okay i can still do that right and i can mm -hmm. I, there is a path forward i'm not stuck where i am because you know i'm a woman and, and men are you know the thing about the industry is you know a lot of the executive roles are held by men and and to see that there are women in these roles and there is a path forward for me. And I think that's great with the, the mentoring programs and, and that, and, and uh, Maestra too, which, you know, you can connect with other women and, um, you know, support each other and, and mentor each other and, and bring each other up and involve each other in projects. Um, you know, I've, I've totally. talked to a lot of really amazing women on the podcast and just, you know, it's, you know, it creates networks, right? And I think this is so important to know that there are women, you know, in, in Broadway that are, you know, kicking ass and, you know, women in different parts of the industry. Um, so yeah, that I, it's really cool. And I'm going to link to all those um, in the show notes so the audience can, can find them, especially if they're in, um, you know, the greater New York area. Yeah. That's wonderful. Um, yeah. So kind of wrapping up a little bit here um you know we're we mentioned earlier we're all kind of still stuck in in quarantine and not sure when we'll be able to do um you know live any live performances or any of that and um is there anything else you're kind of looking forward to in the future though um you know you're working on the project but um you know is there anything else you're kind of like pivoting or thinking about working on coming up in the next year or so well, I just released um, a single um, back in the, the last week of April, and um, I have an EP coming out May 22nd. So I recorded that in February right before everything happened. So it's been really fun to release that. And that is so in the pop indie world as well. Um, so, so it's been really fun to get to jump between the two. And I'm, I'm also really excited about working on an audio project that is in the middle, sort of what we were talking about of, is it a concept album? Is it um, a song cycle? You know, what is that audio music storytelling medium? How, you know, how do I crack into that? Um, so that is something I've been thinking about a lot. And um, I'm excited to keep doing some, some more research on other artists that are working on that because I know they exist. I just, you know, mm haven't been able to, to find them. Yeah. 
um, I got to say, I am, I'm really, really, really looking forward to being in a packed Broadway theater again, more than I can possibly express. Um, but also understanding that that does not appear to be on the, directly on the horizon. Um, yeah, I'm looking forward to um, continuing to find new ways to adapt to what's going on right now and keep making music with Angela and with others. And um, yeah. Yeah, I have to, I, I agree with you. Like there's nothing better than a packed Broadway theater. Uh, um, I've been to several shows and um, after, even after I moved out here, I went back to visit and I, I was visiting a friend and I was like, can we please go to a show? <laughs> like, you know, there's, there's nothing like, nothing like Broadway. It's, you know, we, we have the, the Pantages here and I actually haven't been yet, but um, you know, it's, it's just, I don't know. It's just a, I guess for me, it kind of feels like home. You know, I've been here for, for almost five years now and um, you know, I'm already like, okay, when can I go back to New York? When is it going to be safe? When can I go to the theater again? Um, but yeah, I, I definitely agree with you that we'll be, I really hope that happens sooner rather than later, but uh, I guess it's yeah. better to be, to be safe and, and have everybody stay healthy. Of um, do you, do you have any resources other than the groups that we talked about, um, you know, resources or advice for women um, looking to start in, in your, each of your different areas of, of the industry? Sure. Um, well, first of all, along with the, the Maestro thing, if you are a, Women working in the theater side of music making anywhere in the world, they, it's completely global. You can add yourself to the Maestro directory. So I think that that's a really wonderful resource, whether you're in New York or not. Um, as far as advice, I mean, some advice that I was given that um, has proven to be true and I've kept at is to find the people and collaborators that you believe in or your tribe, so to say, and um, and persist with them. I, you know, it's really heartwarming to me to hear stories of, of people who have been working with their people looking back and, you know, looking back at decades earlier, you know, when they kind of started making the work and that's something I'm really passionate about. And also seeking out mentors. Um, like the first thing I did when I got to New York um, was seek out people to learn from. And um, Angela knows this, I'm a big believer in the power of a cold email. I've sent literally infinite cold emails in my life. <laughs> um, and some of those have come back to give me some of my most treasured mentor relationships. Um, and especially, you know, cold emails to a woman who is maybe more established in your field, who you want to learn from, um, you know, it, I feel like sometimes people are intimidated by the, you know, just reaching out to someone and, and introducing yourself and saying you admire their work and you want to learn from them. But I think it really goes a long way and um, is often received really warmly. I would say, yeah, I think it, oh, sorry. No, was, go ahead. <laughs> well, I, I was just going to say something that I've been thinking about a lot um, is not being afraid to um, show your process and not have everything be perfect um, all the time. Mm -hmm. Um, and, you know, I think that's how I've been navigating this situation. I think just by putting out little clips of, of what I'm working on um, and, and not being afraid to be honest about, you know, some of the, some of the difficulties um, 
because I, I find that with the other artists that I admire hearing about some of the struggles that they've gone through, you know, especially as women in the industry have really made me feel like I could also um, persist and, and rise to the occasion. Right. Yeah. And I think that's, you know, what audiences are really looking for to right now is that authenticity and, and the honesty. Right. And, and they don't want to see something that's really manufactured and, um, you know, and especially women coming up, they don't want to, you know, they see, if they see you as, you know, this is where I'm at and they don't see that, that struggle, they're going to, you know, they're going to have the struggle themselves. Right. And they're going to think maybe it's not for them. And, you know, well, she got, got to that level, you know, without, without a struggle, but when they can really see that progress, I think that's really important. So I, I definitely agree with you on that. Last couple questions here. Um, do either of you have any favorite books or podcasts or, you know, even artists that, that really truly inspire you and, and, and what you do? And um, one book that I absolutely love um, is by Maria Popova. Um, and she also writes, um, brain pickings, which is an amazing blog that she started um, maybe 10 years ago. And she sort of weaves together like literary and arts commentary and, and criticism and puts things together that maybe you wouldn't necessarily um, think about. Like she'll, she'll weave together the poetry of Gertrude Stein and maybe a, a certain painter and, and talk about them together. Um, and her book that she wrote um, is called Figuring. And it, it's just a gorgeous, gorgeous book about um, how a couple of trailblazers started. Um, and one of those people actually was in Passion. I wrote about her in Passion Project. Her name is Mariah Mitchell. And She's um, one of the first female astronomers and has a comet named after her. Um, and I, I couldn't recommend that book more. And, and this, actually, I've been reading a lot of her posts um, on her blog because she will write a lot about what the time calls for. So it's been a lot about hope. It's been a lot about um, artists that, how do they recover from um, something like a, a, a global sort of depression. Um, so I, I think that as an artist, she just weaves together so many different parts of the, of the industries. And, and I, yeah, I think it's amazing. Yeah, I'm definitely gonna check that out because that sounds really uh, like inspirational and, and motivational. And um, I'll make sure to link to, to her as, as well. Because um, I think that's kind of what everybody needs right now, that kind of inspiration and um, like you mentioned too, you know, how do we recover after something like this? Yeah. And um, she brings in a lot of, um, historical things as well. So I feel like you'll really enjoy it in particular. Yeah. Yeah. I'm, I am all about history and, <laughs> and learning, you know, about, you know, especially women too, and, and what we've been through in the industry. Um, Macy, do you have, uh, any favorite books or podcasts that inspire you? Um, yeah, well, one book, that has always really inspired me that I keep coming back to. I'm kind of like a sucker for like the perfect speed of self-help books. And I've always loved Big Magic by Elizabeth Gilbert. Um, oh, I love that book. Yeah. It, it's like, I've, I've read it a lot of times, but I kind of keep coming back to it. Um, I also, um, 
for those who maybe are more like a biography lane um, type of person, um, Tina Turner's memoir, like just hasn't stopped moving me. <laughs> I have like worked on Tina Turner's story for a long time now, and you would think I would be sick of it, but I am not. Um, she just has a really, really moving story of, you know, a woman of color who triumphs in the face of so many obstacles. Um, so I've read that multiple times in quarantine, but um, yeah, and, and artists I'm inspired by. Um, I really loved the Taylor Swift Miss Americana documentary. I think that was really great and I highly recommend it. Um, yeah, I also think an artist that I've been inspired by recently is Sarah Bareilles. Um, and particularly, you know, she's a perfect example of this pop theater interweaving and like storytelling commercial crossover. And I, I just feel like I have so much to learn in everything she puts out. Yeah, that was the one one show I wanted to see, but never got a chance to. Mm-hmm. Um, but uh, no, I, I love her, at least her, I know her music and her storytelling and her music. Um, and, and, you know, she's definitely... Um, I'm very inspirational. I think actually one of her her music videos was shot at the local mall. That's like ten minutes from me. <laughs> um, which one was it? I think it was was it Brave. I think it was that one. And I heard that story, and I was like, "Oh, that's really cool." It's just down the street from me. Yeah. Um, yeah. So thank you so much to both of you for coming on and talking about uh, your project and your your story of, you know, how you got in the industry and and you know, how you got to where you are today. Um, where can my followers connect with you and, and find more, find out more about your project and, and when it gets released? Um, if you go to my website, which, um, will just be my name, angelasclafani.com. Um, I also have links to passion project and we're on, um, Instagram at passion project songs. And, um, that's where we've been posting most of our things. So, um, Instagram, and Facebook and YouTube, you know, all, all of those places, you'll definitely find out more about that project. Yeah. And Angela's also on Spotify where you can listen to her single on DP. Oh yeah. Yeah. Um, I, my <laughs> single make a monster. Shameless plug. Um, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> is out. So any, any listens on Spotify, uh, greatly welcome. <laughs> yeah. I'll make sure to link to, to those. And then, um, Macy, did you have any anywhere where my followers, sorry, my listeners can follow you? Sure. Um, I mean, I'm on Instagram, pretty active on Instagram. I'm Macy Jane underscore. Macy Jane was taken sad. Um, (laughs) And (laughs) MacySchmidtMusic.com. Awesome. I will link to those in the show notes. Everybody can find you. And thank you so much for coming on. Thank Thank you you for having us. It's lovely. Thank you for listening to the Broken Glass Podcast. If you like the show and want to know more, visit www.brokenglassmediallc.com, subscribe to the podcast, and don't forget to leave a review. Join me each week to hear new stories, learn all about the tools and resources available to you, and get tips for building a career in music. If you're interested in becoming part of a community of supportive women in music, join our secret community on Facebook at the Broken Glass Collective.